The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. You can follow on Twitter at RealJRAnderson. I'm at Clay W. Link. James's latest Farm Futures piece is live on the site. Be sure to check that out. If you don't have a Rotowire subscription, you can get 10 days free on us by going to rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required whatsoever, but James, we're going to, you know, kind of in passing talk about some of the guys you touched on, but we're going to do something a little different in this episode. We're going to do a, a mock draft with strictly pitching prospects that are in the minor leagues right now, uh, 15 picks a piece. I just feel like this would be a good way, uh, you know, to touch on a lot of guys, even though, I mean, this was your idea, so it's credit on that. Uh, this should be pretty fun. Yeah, the the Farm Futures piece I wrote this week is touching on California League pitchers. Uh and I and I watched a a start from a pitcher who will probably get selected in this this draft. We can talk about him there, but 
there weren't there wasn't a lot to kind of talk about among the the California League pitchers. I mean, guys like Sean Newcomb, Kerry Mella, Dylan Overton, Tyler Beatty, all all solid prospects. You know, top top two hundred guys for sure. But after that, it really kind of falls off. So. Yeah, I thought this would be kind of just a fun way to kind of, you know, get a, you know, we're two months into the season now, kind of get a mm-hmm. gauge of where we're we're looking at with uh, with the pitching prospects. And we're only going to consider guys currently in the minor leagues right now. So Eduardo Rodriguez won't be taken. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, Chi-Chi, Carlos Rodon, those guys are all uh, ineligible to be taken. Yeah, and all those guys, I mean, I'm pretty excited about Rodriguez. I mean, wow, he's been outstanding first couple starts. Real quick, what are your expectations for Chi-Chi moving forward? I know you've been pretty high on him for a bit, but uh, do you see him sticking in and, and being a serviceable option in, in mixed leagues? That's going to be – that'll be interesting to kind of watch because he's a guy that, you know, two, three years down the line, I could see just being one of the most consistent starters in the game, you know, a top – easy top 30 guy, maybe kind of a – kind of a, like an Alex Cobb type of guy uh, where – you know he's not going to just wow you with the with the strikeouts, but you're going to be getting a pretty solid start every time out. But uh, this first season, I, I don't know. I mean, I think one one of the people I talked to when I was down watching uh, the Double A affiliate uh, for the Rangers said that he thought Chichi would be the type of guy who would be, you know, a lot better in his second twenty starts than his first twenty in the big leagues. Which I mean, you could say that about a lot of guys, but kind of makes sense with him i mean he's he's not a guy that's going to overpower you with stuff it's going to be about location i mean all of all of his pitches move but he doesn't have that one you know 70 grade pitch that he can kind of bank on start in start out so it's going to be a lot of a lot of feel a lot of you know getting used to the hitters used to the league and everything like that so uh bright future but i wouldn't be surprised if he has some some bumps along the way in in 2015 five and two-thirds uh scoreless innings for him in his debut two hits allowed but Five walks against only two strikeouts, that kind of, you know, doesn't bode well for a ton of future success. He's got to get that, that uh, K to walk ironed out. But uh, I'm excited about him long term as well. own him in a couple of leagues. I'm pretty uh, – a guy that I went ahead and activated in one of my keeper leagues because I ex- expect him to exceed the, the maximum amount of innings. I mean, they've said that that wasn't just a spot start. He's going to be sticking. Uh, so might as well just do that, free up a, a minor league spot for future trades. So – and real quick, Lance McCullers. I mean, coming off that incredible start, are you are you buying in with him as a legit option for this season? Well, you know, he's probably owned everywhere, mm-hmm. or at least you know ev- everywhere except for maybe ten team leagues. He he should be owned. So you're kind of you're tied into him if you own him. If you don't own him, it's kind of tough luck. Uh, I still don't. I don't, I'm not like I wouldn't take him if he was eligible for this draft he wouldn't be in my top 20 or so. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, for just kind of a, a reference there, if you're in a dynasty league, if I owned McCullers in a dynasty league, I'd be, you know, hitting everybody up trying to sell him right now just because I, I don't know if his value gets gets a ton higher than it is currently. But, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a nice, nice little run for him so far. Yeah, pretty impressive outing last night. Uh, left in to record that final out. Of course, got Chris Davis swinging. Surprise, surprise. But that was really impressive outing there. And, yeah, again, we're going to be doing a mock draft with pitching prospects. We're going to snake in this, even though it's just us. So it's going to be uh, me picking first, then two for you, two for me, and, and so on, going uh, through 30 picks. Actually, uh, that, do you, you want to do that, or should we just go back and forth? 
Uh, it's up to you. you probably can, probably makes maybe be a better better kind of flow if it just goes back and forth, maybe. Okay, yeah, Let's that works. Do that. We can do that. Uh, sounds good. We'll change that on the fly. That's totally fine. Uh, and then in the, the second half of the later portion of the show, we grade out our next pro wrestler, uh, an all-time great fan favorite, Stone Cold Steve Austin. We got a request for X-Pac. But James, uh, you know, maybe in future weeks, but I just don't have much good to say about uh, X-Pac, a.k.a. Six. Uh, I don't mind. I like mean, like. we're not against ripping on guys either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's it's kind of like you got you to gotta do 15 minutes of your life has to be devoted to talking about X-Pac. So. Yeah, exactly. I don't, don't want to do that to our listeners, at least right now. But I maybe we can really... You know, when, one day we're really kind of just irked about something else. We can just <laughs> unload on. I am spot. fairly irked right now, so that would actually work today. <laughs> but uh, no, we'll, we'll get going. Well, sorry to hear that, but uh, <laughs> we'll get going. Uh, I got the first pick. Now, on on your prospect rankings, you have uh, you have Lucas Giolito as your top pitching prospect, fully respected. But I'm going to go with the guy that you have right next to him, right behind him, number fifth overall in your rankings. I'm going to go Julio Urias. A guy I was able to just land in a uh, SKL2, Staff Keeper League 2 trade. Pretty excited about that. Uh, I mean, super young still. Just 18 years old. Now, out of action right now after undergoing you know, a cosmetic procedure to have to address the eye issue he's had. Uh, you know, there were reports that, you know, it didn't really affect his vision. But I guess, you know, at 18, he wants to just take care of that right now. Uh, I understand that. But 18 at double A and was faring well before hitting the shelf. Three even three ERA, O nine four whip, forty six Ks against just nine walks. Uh, I see a ton of upside here. I mean, frontline starter potential and a pretty safe bet. You know, we saw him in spring training. Really didn't look out of place at all against major league hitters. Uh, th- that delivery is amazing, and the control is is good for his age. Uh, really good for a guy that age. And uh, I just think when he's up. With with a team like the Dodgers, uh, he he could be you know a perennial top top five starter off the board. I really think so. Yeah, I mean that's that? I have him I have him one spot behind the guy I'm going to take Lucas Giolito. So I, I obviously respect Urias coming off the board first there. Uh, Giolito to me has got the the most the strongest likelihood I guess of being a, a true ace of anyone still in the minor leagues. Uh, I. I had Syndergaard right ahead of, of Giolito before the season started based on proximity, but had Giolito – I mean, I love Syndergaard, but had Giolito been at the AAA level with Syndergaard, I would have I would have had Giolito as the, the top pitching prospect before the season. And, you know, a guy with, with two plus-plus uh, pitches, uh, you know, 60-grade pitch as well. So someone that has the body – I mean, really the only knock on him is the, the Tommy John on his record, but – you know, as you go down this list, there's a, there's plenty of guys with Tommy John on their record. So if that's really the only thing you can point to with a guy, then I would consider him a, a pretty safe frontline arm. Another guy who had Tommy John is the guy I'm going to take here with this next pick. Even though I'm not as high on him as you are, Dylan Bundy, I like him a lot, but you have him nine overall. Uh, for me, it's it's pretty close actually with him and, and Glass now, Alexander Reyes. Uh, but I'm I'm going to go Bundy. I think he's you know. Safe bet. I mean, he's even with that Tommy John surgery, uh, still just 22 years old. You know, faring faring pretty well at Double A Bowie right now. He's he's 0 three, but a 3.68 ERA, 1.18 WHIP, 
averaging more than 10 strikeouts per nine innings and, and the control this season. You know, coming off Tommy John, it's not a surprise to see a guy struggle with control a bit. Had a 3.5 walk per nine mark last season, but just 2.0 so far this year. It's five and 22 innings. Uh, would like to see him get a, a regular run in that Baltimore rotation later this season, and I think he does. And long term, I think the upside is through the roof. So, you know, while I'm not quite as high on him as you are, I, I think he's pretty clear. Uh, well, not maybe not as clear as you say, but uh, I think he's he warrants this number three pick uh, ahead of those guys, just given given the potential. Yeah, he's he's probably the only the only other guy after the the top two who I could see having a very realistic shot of being a one or a two, mm-hmm. uh, as long as he can stay healthy. I'm going to take Alexander Reyes uh, or Alex Reyes. Uh, he kind of gets referred to as as Alex and Alexander different places, but Alex seems to be the more common reference. Uh, I'm actually this is kind of straying from my board a little bit. I, the the latest rankings are about three weeks old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glass now is you know had he hasn't pitched as much because of a an ankle injury I believe. Uh, Reyes is just crazy right now. I mean the the mm-hmm. strikeout per nine is is off the charts. I mean that's that's something where even if the the command doesn't necessarily make him a, a true ace when he when he does get to the big leagues, he's someone that could miss enough bats to be a, a perennial two hundred K guy. So I uh, love the organization as well. So I'm I'm gonna go Alex Reyes. I definitely like that, and this, yeah, the strikeout upside with this guy is insane. Just traded for him too. Yeah, in, nice. In SKL too. So who uh, uh, who do you have to give up? Uh, Albert Pujols and um, Jason Greeley, neither of whom was on a yeah, that's a keepable contract. Really, that's a really nice deal. Yeah, and I was you know just so our listeners know. I mean, I I think now is a good time to start testing the waters for sure in, in keeper leagues maybe get out ahead of the market just a little uh, bit like for instance i was sitting at like 90 roto points mm-hmm. and this is a 17 team league and the leader andrew martinez who actually traded Pujols and Grilly to was up at like 125 uh i think you know when you're 30 or more points back mm-hmm. on this date i think it's it's fair to kind of throw in the towel uh yeah. as long as I mean, if you're if you're in it to win it, like you just care about first place, I think it's fine to to throw in the towel. But I mean, if you're trying to get in the money, if that matters to you, which it doesn't really matter to me in this dynasty league, yeah. then uh, first place is the, right. the in, title. In a dynasty yeah. league, to me, it's it's about first place, and that's really it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a you know season to season league, then I get I get the idea of trying to finish third or fourth and getting the money, but. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're thirty or thirty five or forty points out of first place in a dynasty league, I think now's the time to time to sell. Yeah, I was sitting like mid eighties as far as roto points, uh, and I was getting Jonathan Lucroy, Alex Rios back this week. But at the same time, if I get those guys back and everything went exactly perfectly well over the rest of the season, I still don't think it would have been enough. Maybe even to cash at the top five yeah. spot, it would have been close. And the worst thing you can do is finish out of the money and be too late as a seller Mm -hmm. because it gets to a point where so for instance like i've just made a bunch of trades with with dvr martinez you did one with schlain uh has got a great squad i mean that's that's four teams at the top there that are that are loaded Mm -hmm. and you get to a point where those teams run out of pieces to deal and needs to fill and the teams below them are kind of left throwing in the towel as well so you don't want to be stuck holding 
a bunch of C contracts like we have in that league, guys that you're not going to have on your team next year with nobody willing to take them off your hands. Yeah, and I was even willing to dump some you know B contracts because you know I thought my window was this year next, but it became painfully obvious <laughs> over the first couple months. I mean, Alex Cobb going down with Tommy John. Uh, Rusne Castillo, who I'd made a pretty big play for, he you know spent more time than I expected in the minors and has been you know slow at the major league level so far this season. Uh, there was some you know other guy, Luke Roy injury, Rios, whatever. It, it just became obvious that you know it's time to you know the window had shut. It was time to push back that window of opportunity for several years down the road. So I packaged uh, Luke Roy, Rios with Brad Boxberger and. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Chris Archer. You know, that was hard to deal with, but Archer, I had extended. He's, his contract's going to expire at the end of next season. You know, if I'm not looking to compete after next season, or next season, it's, it's you know, that that asset is, is one that um, was more than willing to move. And so in exchange for those four guys, I got Urias, Jose Barrios, and a first-round reserve draft pick next year. And I was plenty happy with that because – you know, right now I'm just trying to build, especially with the pitching staff that's really kind of been decimated, uh, you know, to complement some of the, you know, Corey Seegers I have and, and other decent uh, Aaron Judge hitting prospects that I have uh, really have a nice foundation uh, moving forward. But we'll we'll continue with this mock. Now, this this pick is is kind of tough for me, but I am going to go glass now. Uh, I'll just I'll just go ahead and pull the trigger on him. He's 19 years old. Saw him in the fall league. Now, he wasn't didn't look all that great, but he. Uh, you know, DVR and I were talking as we watched his outing. It's just, you know, he's just throwing fastballs. It was just fastball after fastball. Seems like maybe, you know, the, the team assigned him and kind of asked him to really work on his fastball command down there. So wasn't really utilizing the full uh, arsenal of his pitches there. So, you know, while he's out right now dealing with that ankle injury, I still see a ton of upside. And I trust the Pittsburgh talent evaluators and, you know, staff to really, you know, help him reach at least close to his full potential I'm going to go glass down right now. All right. So, you know, we're five picks in. Urias, Giolito, Bundy, Reyes, glass now, the first five guys off the board. I'm going to take Jose Barrios with the sixth pick here. Uh, 21-year-old, just 21 years old and, and a week. He turned uh, turned 21 a week ago and sitting there at double A with 77 strikeouts, 20 walks, and, and 69 innings. Uh, nothing really to – to really nitpick with with his profile other than the fact that he's just six feet tall mm-hmm. uh love the love the future home park for him i mean he's he seems like a pretty safe bet yeah i i'd like barrios quite a bit uh you know it's it'll be interesting to see when he comes up i think it is probably later this year but uh i think the you know the more i think about it i think the twins may actually be wise enough to realize that this isn't their year and you know they'll keep not only their top hitting prospects down for most of the year, but I think, you know, Barrios too as well. September call up I see happening, but uh we will see. For my next pick, I'm gonna go with Steven Matz of the Mets. He's, you know, twenty three years old, but at triple A and, and dominating the Pacific Coast League. He's been absolutely outstanding. One nine eight ERA, one oh four whip, uh seventy strikeouts, twenty three walks. Now big question is, you know, when's he gonna get an opportunity? They're the Mets are rolling with a six-man rotation right now. Uh, still don't have room for Mats in that rotation, even though he's been brilliant with Las Vegas. Uh, I still think, you know, Dylan G's probably, you know, not long for the major league rotation. I think they get Mats up 
in a matter of months, but uh, I'm really looking more long term when I when I look at this pick. I think he's a pretty clear, you know, number two. At, you know, moving forward in that Mets rotation uh, behind Syndergaard. You know, I don't think he's at quite at that level, but it's it's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think that I think Matz is more of more of a number three to me at, at the big league level, but I mean it, that's perfectly fine when you have Harvey. Uh, Syndergaard and Wheeler long term I'll, I'll go uh, Jeff Hoffman he's actually the guy you know I said Bundy was the last guy who could be a, a legit you know frontline starter uh, Hoffman Hoffman actually could be too he's he's kind of in that class we haven't seen him uh, haven't seen much of him we've seen kind of clips of him throwing which have been really impressive but uh, we know that he's hitting hitting 99 already uh, he's a guy that I think you know you could look up going into next year say you know March March 2016 you could look at Jeff Hoffman and he could be ranked in the top 10 uh, overall so mm-hmm. I mean he's a guy who really I, I could see his stock uh, kind of skyrocketing rocketing between now and then yeah, I see that too. I also see, you know, a fair amount of risk, like with, right. with some of these guys we've discussed. That's it's there with a lot of these guys, and we've really already, with all pitching Yeah, I mean, prospects. we've already got yeah, Giolito, yeah. Bundy, Hoffman already all off the board. Eight picks in, they've all recently had Tommy John. But those guys are, well, I guess you know maybe not Giolito's case, but I feel like both of those guys are probably closer to the majors and you know a lot can happen in in two years so uh, yeah I, i'm with you there that that's the right pick i, I battled with hoffman or mats i'll take the sa- slightly safer option in mats in my opinion my pick i'll, I'll go ronaldo lopez now results so far in, in five starts at high potomac have not been great 401 era uh 1.30 whip solid but not outstanding 7.7 k per nine 21 years old like barrios i mean doesn't have the prototypical frame as of your frontline starter six foot 185 pounds but he can dial that fastball up i think the secondary stuff's coming along uh, i'll take that risk especially with the team context uh, i think you know eventually uh, he'll be you know probably a mid-rotation type of type of arm maybe even you know higher upside as a, as a two uh, I'll, I'll take my chances with him you know over over somebody who you know like daniel norris or andrew heaney right now i'll, I'll take the the risk with the upside there all right. Well, this is this is tough for me. Um, I see, you know, the guys that I have available. I don't see much to really distinguish any of them, um, and I might go a little off the board here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really, just uh, reach man. reach for one right here. No. No, I can't. Um, I shoot. I think I'll I'll, I'll take Braden Shipley. Um, I'm I'm looking at like eight guys right now where I could I could definitely make a case uh, for popping popping them right now. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll go Shipley. I mean, he his numbers aren't that great. Um, but you know, I I think that there's you know it's not a not an easy place where he's pitching right now. Uh, the walk rate's kind of what worries me with with him. But you know it's only only fifty four and a third innings. Uh, still kind of still a guy who shouldn't. I mean, just because he's at double A and he's twenty three years old, I mean that's not where he is developmentally necessarily. I mean he's a guy who's recently uh, been transferred to being a full time pitcher. So I think there are going to be some some aches and pains along the way. But I, I believe in the the athleticism. I believe in the the stuff and the and the frame. 
remember coming into the year, you had him only a few spots behind Archie Bradley. Now, Archie Bradley just hitting the DL today with shoulder tendonitis. Do you still see those two as, as pretty close long-term in, in terms of uh, potential fantasy value? I think over the next couple of months, there could be a bit of a gap, you know, mm-hmm. depending on what happens with Bradley's injury, depending on if Shipley, you know, how he finishes out the season. I, I mean, Bradley was, let's not forget, I mean, after his awesome debut outing, he was pretty terrible. So, yeah, was. Uh, yeah I... I I don't think I would have I would have Shipley ahead of Bradley today. Um mm-hmm. not not a gaping margin between the two, but I would I would definitely have him ahead of him. This is a tough yeah, I mean I'm in the same boat as you. I mean a lot of guys right here who I have pretty well bunched together, but I'm gonna go with Luis Severino. I really like Severino. Uh twenty one twenty one years old. Uh, at triple a already and the results haven't been good like like with some guys we've discussed but at the same time the the there's a lot of room for growth with him uh like you know that he's in that organization that probably not going to think a whole lot about service time or you know delaying his clock at all and you know willing to to bring him up to help if if there's a need you know next season i think is is a possibility uh he too just six foot but you know, already at AAA as a 21-year-old, I think you know he's a guy that I'm really uh, excited to see some of his starts. I'm going to have to throw on MILB and check him out very soon. Uh, you know, slight edge over guys like uh, you know Sean Manaya, uh, Jameson Tyon, and others, but I think it's it's definitely close. I'll just I'll just jump down a little bit on the board and take him because uh, he's a guy I don't want to miss out on. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a strong pick. Um... All right, I'm going to do it now. Uh, I'm going to pop Vincent Velasquez here. Oh, you dog. Uh, have him down at 56 when I did these rankings, but since Overall. then. Overall. Right. Yeah. Since then, he's been just outstanding. And I think of of everyone we've taken so far, Velasquez, actually the last two guys are probably – in, a, in close running here, but I think Velasquez of everyone that's been up, been taken so far debuts in the big leagues first. Uh, Within a couple. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, or? I think he might get called up before the end of the month. Uh, Luis Severino actually will probably be right behind him. I think those two of the, the first 12 guys off the board, I think those two probably get to the big leagues first. Uh, Velasquez just, you know, two plus pitches, one that kind of could get there. And, really just dominating uh at double a right now and you know with if it weren't for you know some health setbacks along the way uh he would be he'd probably be in the big leagues already it's just been kind of slow for him uh, developmentally just because he keeps getting banged up but he's healthy now and and he's really shown what he can do I, I like that pick. I was hoping he would fall to me uh, with my next pick, but uh you know I'm gonna go with a guy who I, I'm, I'm you know nice consolation prize I'm happy to get him here uh Sean Manaya. now he Hasn't pitched this season at all. He's uh, initially it was an abdominal strain, now a groin injury. Probably not going to join Double A Northwest Arkansas until the third week of June. But you know, unlike his his uh, you know farm mate Kyle Zimmer, I mean, I'm I just encouraged that this is nothing with a shoulder, no, uh, or an elbow. I think these are things that you can put behind him, and maybe you know this is driving down a stock a bit, but I don't think think it should. Uh, still, a guy who I see. Uh, having a lot of potential ways off, even though he is 23 years old, uh, hasn't pitched above high A, but uh, I feel like uh, in time, you know, it'll, it'll round into form. And uh, I think 
again, like with Pittsburgh, I, I kind of trust uh, the system to, to handle him properly and uh, get him up at the right time. And I think he will, uh, you know, at this spot, I, I feel like, you know, there's, this is kind of a steal, quite honestly. Yeah, now's the time to trade for Sean Manaya. You mm-hmm. want to trade for him before he starts making starts because mm-hmm. uh, then it's <laughs> going to be tough. Um, I'm going to take Jamison Tyon at 14 here. Uh, you know, he's he's been throwing in extended spring games, touched 97 the other day. So, you know, everything sort of seems to be in order there. He's a guy who, you know, another one of these guys coming back from Tommy John. But, uh, you know, with the injury to Nick Kingham, I think you look at Tyon as probably the, the first guy called up uh, later this summer if the Pirates need a starter to come up uh, from the farm system. I think Tyon is basically going to be ready uh, later this year. I mean, he I don't know what kind of innings cap they'll have on him, but the fact that he isn't really getting into game action until you know probably mid to late June allows them to be you know a little bit more uh, allows him to be useful later in the year than he would have otherwise been yeah i'm with you totally and uh you know this one was one that i was gonna my next pick was gonna go in one direction i'm gonna make a late change uh and instead go with aaron nola of the phillies um, you know, consider consider Daniel Norris here just because of proximity uh, slightly in his edge. Of course, started the year in the rotation uh, and a 3.31 ERA and six starts since joining AAA Buffalo. But the WHIP uh, really concerning 1.47 walk in a lot of guys got 18 walks in 35 and a third innings. Uh, still still like him, but you know as a lefty, uh, you know in in that division, I, I think he could have some. You know he's going to have some ups and downs. Uh, still think the upside is there, but. You know, with him, you know, I'd rather gamble on some other guys. I think Nola, I mean, Nola's been outstanding. Don't love the, the team context whatsoever, but one eight two uh ERA, 0-8-7 whip, uh sixty four first sixty four and two thirds innings at double A. And you know, it's I think he could get an opportunity later this season. I you know, ASG Harang gonna be gone eventually. Uh, you know, Cole Hamill's probably gonna be gone. There's gonna be a lot of openings in that rotation. You know, maybe it's in their best interest to to push him back and wait until next year, but I just don't see that happening. I think he comes up and uh, long term, I think I think he can make a nice you know middle rotation starter in fantasy. You know, possibly looking at a at a top top twenty thirty starting pitcher uh, in the years ahead. All right, so fifteen picks in: uh, Urias, Giolito, Bundy, Reyes, Glass, now Barrios, Mats, Hoffman, Lopez, Shipley, Severino, Velasquez, Manaya, Tyon, Nola. I think of the last you know, five picks, we've got four guys that probably reached the majors this year. So that, that's kind of exciting. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'll take another guy who's going to get back to the big leagues this year. And that's Daniel Norris. Don't love the division. Don't love the parks. He's going to pitch in most of the time, but has pretty good strikeout stuff. Uh, the walks have been a little concerning, but you know, he's, he's doing a good job keeping the ball in the park. The uh, Babip's been, been kind of up as well, but he's, he's still, you know, got a mid three zra so i'm I'm fine with with norris as a as a long-term mid-rotation guy yeah i mean i i do still like what he brings to the table but you know the the control issues i would need to see him rein those in a bit uh and improve there in that aspect before i really feel confident about him this season i think moving forward long term there's still a lot to like but for my next pick I'm, I'm actually surprised this guy's still on the board just given how exceptional he's been this year i'm gonna go blake snell course had that tremendous scoreless streak to start the year we talked about him at length in an earlier episode of the prospect podcast 
you know, need to get eyes on this guy, but what he's doing at Double A, I mean, recently promoted Double A Montgomery, but I actually think he could be an option too later this mm-hmm. season if possible. I mean, you know, maybe you know some would say that you know, bring him up this year would possibly be rushing him a bit, but what he's doing right now, you can't can't deny it. Uh, it's incredible. I I want to get get eyes on him again, but uh, with him this spot, I, I'm happy to to land him. Uh, do you see him as a, as a possible one or two long term? Snell, I would I would still throw a mid rotation tag on him. Uh, maybe the upside to be a number two. Um, I don't know. It's so tough because I, I just want him to start facing big league hitters so that we can kind of get a read on on how his his stuff works against against high end competition. But yeah, definitely definitely someone that had to go in the top twenty here. Uh, I'm actually going to take. Uh, you know, Blake Snell probably not not a true pop up prospect because you know he was on he was on our top two hundred and everything inside the top one hundred and fifty I believe before the season so uh, not like he came out of nowhere. This guy who I'm going to take is the guy that I actually wrote about in uh, Farm Futures this week, and that's Jose De Leon. He did kind of come out of nowhere just in the sense that he added about four miles an hour on his fastball uh, over the winter, so. You know, you do that, and it's not that surprising that you're just dominating. Uh, the start I saw, he went seven innings, three hits, two walks, 11 Ks, one run against a double-A Frisco lineup where the first four hitters, this was back when Gallo was still down, the first four hitters were uh, Nick Williams, Jorge Alfaro, Joey Gallo, Nomar Mazzara. So, I mean, that's that's a borderline big league lineup right there, and, and he just ripped through them. Uh, you know, big, you know, mid nineties fastball that that's got some late, late tail to it. Uh, killer change up that just, you know, that combo alone is, is enough to give double a hitters fits. And then he's got a slider kind of looks like a, a slurve. Um, he's got, got some, got some curveball movement to it at times, but it's, it's uh it's a slider and in that one, you know, he was struggling with his command a little bit with it in the start I watched, but when he had it work and it was it was pretty impressive three pitch mix. Um he's got a big body. Just a guy that I, I really could see being being really solid. I mean, he's kind of like Luis Severino and Daniel Norris last year where those guys kind of came from not being on top two hundred lists to being top fifty guys by, by mid mid-season and and De Leon I think is is kind of already knocking on that door I mean he's he's a guy who you look at that that Dodgers system if they're going to call up a high-end guy I mean they might call up a guy like Zach Lee but if they're going to call up a, a true you know guy that fantasy owners should get excited about this year it's going to be De Leon just because of how fast he's moving how little uh, pushback he's had from from hitters at, at the upper levels yeah I He's somebody that's kind of a somewhat of an unknown to me, but you know, as you mentioned, kind of popped up uh, out of nowhere. Like that pick, I'm actually going to go with one of his organizational mates, uh, Grant Holmes, uh, 19 years old. Now, I could there's safer options on the board still for sure, but really like what Holmes is doing at, at Low A Great Lakes. Can we go see this guy too? He's in the Midwest League. I mean, yeah. we, we should probably uh, start looking into that. 3.22 ERA. Uh, Whip a little high, one three four, uh, but eleven point seven strikeouts per nine, and you know competition that's well older than him on average. Uh, you know, tw- first round pick in last year's first year entry draft. Looking forward to to the draft on Monday. By the way, gonna have probably go in in depth next week's podcast 
you know, regarding a lot of the top picks in the draft. But Holmes is a guy that that I'll take a take a chance on, uh, especially with that organization. You know, like what he brings to the table. Uh, there are definitely guys I considered here, but I don't think you know. I don't think I could justify taking any any of those guys ahead of Holmes. Yeah, no, I, I like that pick. Um, yeah, didn't think I'd have to didn't have didn't think I'd have to snag him there, but I mean, he's a guy that's got legit number two upside. He's just mm-hmm. a little further away. Uh, Andrew Heaney is going to be the guy I take here, kind of the opposite of Holmes in that he's really close to the big leagues, but uh, really is is kind of a you're sort of hoping for a number three starter here with with Heaney I think he's a lot like Tyler Skaggs who you know is already in that organization in terms of what is what his upside is and just how you know he there's going to be days if he gets into the rotation this year there's going to be days where he does not look people are going to be like wait this guy was a top 50 prospect but you know you just kind of hope that you know a couple years down the line he settles in as a as a solid number three yeah, I hear you completely. Uh, so we are on pick. We're through 20 of 30 picks. 21st pick coming up here. Uh, I'm going to need a second, James. I have to take a look here. You know, some guys on the board that I, I definitely do like. Um, give me one second here. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, it's this is just kind of a, you know, we're working off of my top 200, and this was, so this was three weeks old so i mean some of this has changed but there's there's some names you know people might say well why aren't you just following it to a t like why aren't you just going down your top 200 to a t well it's it's there can be personal preferences mm-hmm. that separate like so i'm not going to rank mark appel like down you know super low to the point where it's not helpful to someone in dynasty exactly. leagues you know i don't like mark appel but i that doesn't mean that he can't be good or that he doesn't have value mm-hmm. in league. So uh, it, it's, it's not necessarily a, a would James take this guy over that guy. Like it's, it's more just kind of to help dynasty league owners in general. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, it's a, it's a way to gauge value like, to right. perceived for, value. For instance, like Grant Holmes, who you took, I have, I have him at 78. I would take Grant Holmes over Alex Meyer or John Gray or mm-hmm. Mark Appel. If I, if I had Holmes and, those guys were offered to me i'd turn it down but most owners probably wouldn't you know yeah. so it's it's more helpful this way you know i'm just gonna go with what the guy I had you know next up and the next guy on your your list here joe ross uh of course brother of tyson ross came over to to the nationals in that trade and uh with, with will myers you know could dial it up as far as high as uh, 97 miles per hour sits in the the mid 90s typically um, you know, like the the arm slot, like like the deception there. Nice slider that is you know developing. I'll take him. Uh, like again, the the team context with him as well. Uh, you know, ways off ETA probably not you know till I'd say probably late next year. But uh, I'll take the chance with him. Don't overthink this one. Ross at twenty one for me. Uh, James, you're up. Okay, I'm gonna see. Let's see. I'm gonna take the guy who I have actually seen in person this year, and that's Miguel Almonte with the Royals. Uh, you know, when I saw him in, in late April, I believe he had um, – oh, shoot, he must have just gotten roughed up. <laughs> he had a <laughs> – dang, he must have just really gotten roughed up. Like a week ago he had oh, like man. a 
two nine two ERA, and now it's now it's back up in the fours. Um, well, whatever. I, I'll I'll stick with Miguel Almonte. Uh, he's yeah, he's a guy that you know. It's all about fastball command with him, and when he's when he's locating that pitch, all of his other stuff can play. But when he's not locating it, hitters just sit on the off speed and and hit it and hit it hard. So. Uh, it definitely depends on the outing with him, but you know, 22 years old, double A. Uh, he's got the body to to be a a number two, number three starter. He's got three pitches that could get to could all be all be bat messers, all be uh, at bat enders in the big leagues. So um, yeah, I'll take I'll take Miguel Monte. I like that pick. Considered him as well. And, you know, I can't go another pick without. You know, I'm wearing a red shirt, red hat. Oh can't, boy! Can't just. Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, Tom Brenneman will be proud of this pick. Uh, Robert Stevenson, I know you're lower on him than, than oh, a lot of I people. I thought you were going to take Amir Garrett. Oh, I do love Amir <laughs> Garrett. Giving up on the hoop stream, uh, focusing primarily on on baseball now, exclusively on baseball. But, you know, he was a guy that I had on my roundtable top 200 coming into the year that wasn't on anybody else's. Yep, so you proud to say I, that. I was out in front of that one. <laughs> now, Bo- Bobby Stevenson, Bobby S., Rough start to the year, still battling inconsistency issues, but love the fastball he brings to the table. Plus two and oh, one nine nine ERA in his last uh, twenty two and two thirds innings, five earned runs. Still having some issues with the walks, eleven Ks, but thirty strikeouts. Opponents hitting one sixty five against him since May thirteenth, and you know it's it's an upside play. But I, you know, with so many openings in the Reds rotation coming, I mean they already got three rookies in the starting rotation right now. I think. I think Stevenson gets a chance. The secondary stuff, you know, maybe not as advertised, you know, as far as, you know, a lot of scouting reports uh, coming into the year. But I think he has a job next year and uh, long term. You know, he's still very young and pitching at a, at a pretty advanced level. I think, you know, you have to be patient with this guy. And, you know, at this point in the draft, I, I have to pop him. Yeah, one one way to kind of look at Stevenson is – you know, he might be just kind of a poor man or a, a rich man's uh, Aaron Sanchez. Like that might be kind of the the median like out, outcome for him is that he's just a guy who can fit in a rotation, but maybe works in the bullpen. But I mean, Aaron Sanchez is, is owned in in a lot of leagues right now. So, and that's this is just his first time as a starter. So, uh, I'm gonna take Sean Newcomb. He's the other top guy that I wrote about this week. Uh, a guy that I was probably too low on before the season, um, missing a ton of bats at, at high A. He's already moved, already got bumped up there after just destroying low A. I mean, he was he was way too uh, advanced for that level. I mean, he they really didn't have a chance against him. But you know, missing a ton of bats, they're going to push him pretty fast. I think just the fact that he's already at high A, uh, you, you could see him up at the big leagues sometime next year. I think, uh, you know, college arm that they took almost 22 years old. So he's going to move fast. Uh, and I like the, the bat missing stuff. Like that pick as well. You know, with a lot of my selections, I've gone, you know, lean maybe more towards raw potential and upside, but this next pick, I'm going to go more of a safe, uh, guy that I think is a pretty safe bet to be, you know, middle, middle type, maybe a number four, which, you know, doesn't sound great, but for fantasy purposes, he's solid, you know, uh, fifth or sixth starter long term I think and uh, that's that's Henry Owens now rough start to the year but he's been a lot better lately now has a 3.15 ERA through 10 starts with AAA Pawtucket the walks have been have been troubling I, I will admit that he's got 
Uh, 35 walks and, and 54 in the third innings, but uh, he's got a strikeout rate around seven, which isn't great, especially compared to past years. He had a 9.6 mark between AA and AAA last year. Still think, you know, there's there's a need. Uh, the organization I trust, uh, you know, doesn't have the upside of Eduardo Rodriguez, and, you know, I, I think Rodriguez is, is definitely clearly the guy to own uh, among their prospects, but Henry Owens... Somebody whose stock is taking a hit, but I think uh, you buy low here and reap reap the benefits long term. All right, I'm going to take Jake Thompson. He's kind of the the opposite of Miguel Almonte, where his numbers are actually better than last I checked by by quite a bit here. Uh, you know, he's he's got a 410 ERA, but it's it's a 3.3 FIP. I think that's a bit more realistic. On um, missing more in a bat per inning, only walking 2.2 per nine, so. Uh, it's got the big sliders, got a got a plus fastball to go with it, so uh, it's a pretty nice, pretty nice mid rotation potential with with Thompson. Really like Thompson as well. I took him in Staff Cooper League One. Uh, excited to see, uh, you know, watch his development in the years ahead. Uh, you left me a guy. You left me the face of MILB. Dude, he it was it was him <laughs> or Thompson. Can't believe I did, to, can't believe I did that. I have to take Marcos Molina. Didn't let me off the hook with that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm making you pay for that decision. <laughs> uh, you know, the results so far at high A haven't been good, but he's just 20 years old. Uh, you know, I think this team will take its time developing him. Owners are going to have to be uh, plenty patient, but I think it'll be well worth it for owners. Uh, sign me up for Marcus Molina. Uh, you have him 75 overall in your ranks, 32 among pitchers, but I think we both agree, you know, we'd, we'd probably take him over, well, over Appel. I would agree you would as well, probably. And that's, even that's why, that's why I just yeah, went. exactly. <laughs> Pell might not get taken. We only yeah, got three more not. chances to go. And you know, again, you explained it well uh, as far as you know these these picks not exactly lining up with your rankings, but perceived value uh, and and just you know accommodating for others who who, yeah. who think you, uh, you know you don't want to be the guy that's you know doesn't have it. Those guys in your your top like if it was like all per, if it was all personal preference I might have Nomar Mazara in my top five overall so like, you know <laughs> um, so I, okay I'm gonna take a you you got the exciting young guy I wanted to take uh, I gotta go get one of my own I'm gonna take Luis Ortiz with the Rangers um, yes. he's they're they're really kind of babying him this year in terms of his workload but that's that's totally fine with me I mean protect your investment he's he's still just 19 pitching in in low a doing a doing a heck of a job there so uh he's a guy that probably you know has the most upside uh, including chichi rodriguez he has the most upside of any of any pitching prospect in that system all right now this is a tough choice here for me um you know what i don't love his situation right now just because he's hurt and the results this season have not been good but i think uh, you know, long term, I, I think this guy is going to be a, a solid asset. I'm going to go Marco Gonzalez. Now, you know, the changeup is outstanding. May really be his his you know lone uh, you know plus offering, quite honestly. But I I still think you know in time, you know maybe that the fastball ticks up a bit. Uh, the curveball maybe develops a bit more as well. Uh, and in that organization, you know, I, I think they'll. I just trust the Cardinals to, you know, not only develop correctly, but also, uh, you know, hit on, on these, these prospects that they have coming up, uh, like with Alexander Reyes. I think 
I think in time, Gonzalez will be the, up there. I, I was hoping to see him in the rotation to start the year. Of course, the injury and uh, Carlos Martinez's play has kept him out. Um, you know, there's not a clear path, you know, right now either with Jaime Garcia uh, pitching fairly well. But I, I think it, later this season he'll get a chance and hopefully put this injury behind him. We'll see a lot better results. Uh, I think in time he's a solid middle rotation guy. I can't let him you know, go unpicked in this draft. So sign me up for, for Marco Gonzalez. Okay, uh, I'm going to take the the last guy of the draft, pick number 30, Matt Whistler, uh, recently or acquired in the offseason in that, that Craig Kimball trade, uh, Braves-Padres deal. Uh, he's He's been pretty good at, at AAA, and I think it's probably a matter of weeks or, you know, five or six weeks before he gets called up. I don't, I don't think it'll be um, – he'll get called up before the All-Star break. Let's just put it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. 3-5 ADRA. Look at his like walk rates throughout his entire minor league career. I mean, yeah, not a nice. single, not a single walk per nine over three. Uh, just, just really good command. Not going to be crazy with the strikeouts, but you know, at this spot in the draft to get a guy who I think is a pretty safe number three starter, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I like that as well. And his, you know, and in that same organization, Manny Banuelos. We were talking about him somewhat before before coming on. He's he's really. Uh, impressive right now, impressing right now in the minors, especially coming off that Tommy John. Amazing that they got him for David Carpenter and uh, Ch- Chase and Shrev. I, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I was incredible. I was hitting you up. Uh, I was like, who did they who did they give up for Panuelos again? Like, this has to at least look some like not completely terrible for the Yankees, yeah. but no, it, it looks pretty terrible, especially because they just <laughs> DFA'd David Carpenter. And they need starting pitching about as bad as anybody. Yeah, and Shreve's just like a specialist type of guy <laughs> yeah that's pretty hard to believe i mean benuelo's not on your you know top 200 but he's a you know former top prospect who i think you know should be owned in some deeper deeper dynasty leagues but that'll do it let us know what you think of our i do I, our I, benuelo's is is 131 actually he oh okay i didn't see him on there but good good spot okay so okay yeah now i see him all right, well, that'll do it for that portion. Let us know what you think of these picks um, on Twitter again at RealJR Anderson at Clay W. Link. Uh, that'll do it for the prospect portion of the podcast. We are going to grade out an all-time great pro wrestler based on the five tools uh, we've established for uh, scouting pro wrestlers. We're going to be grading them on the 20 to 80 scale in these five categories. Look, entrance, signature move, command of the crowd, ring presence, the rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who I am actually holding out hope that he comes out of retirement, fights Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 32. That'd be amazing. But in his home state of Texas, uh, his old stomping grounds. Sounds almost too good to not happen. Yeah, too good to be true. I mean, they got to sell out Jerry World. I mean, they need a they need a, a marquee matchup like that. That to, would do to it. Put butts in the seats. But uh, look, James, what do you got here? Uh, I'll go 65. Uh, it's, you know, if, if we're just grading his physique, well, he did, I mean, he did have kind of a paunch, um, but I mean, okay. So like he's, he's strong as all get out. That's, that's fine. I just don't like, I don't like guys that look like him. Like, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like black pants. Black no, boots. like I don't like built dudes that like shave their head and just kind of like act like dicks. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like. <laughs> You see a lot of those guys, like you'll see, 
like a really like a smoking hot chick and like her boyfriend or husband or whoever is just some guy that kind of looks like a stone cold wannabe yeah. and you just I, you hate that guy i hate that guy so yeah, i hear you um from that aspect i mean the look that might just be more my my issue that's not necessarily his issue but that's my issue and um still high high grade you know 65 i mean yeah he's very very memorable figure you know recognizable uh yeah, it's 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 a fine look. It's not it's not up there. I mean, to to get an eighty or seventy look from me, you have to look like legitimately badass and cool. And and he he might have looked a little badass to some, but he didn't really look cool to me. Oh, I hear you. Controversial stance, maybe. <laughs> but you know, when when Steve Austin was stunning, Steve Austin, that was like a forty look, uh, balding, long blonde hair with like neon pants and whatnot. <laughs> uh, didn't like that, but with the stone cold look, I thought. You know, with those, you know, the goatee, the shaved head, you know, he's just a built guy, had the the body uh, that you want for, out of a marquee type of guy. I'm going to go 75. Now, the black trunks, black boots, you know, knee brace, whatever. Not not the best in-ring attire, but I like the vest that he wore. The knee brace uh, was garbage. <laughs> I mean, I assume that was to, like, hide, like, some weak-looking knees or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he has terrible knees, I think. But yeah, I, I you know I see where you're coming from. I still think you know I guess it's more of an iconic look. Uh, of course, Goldberg ripped him off uh, in the WCW days. Really wanted to you know have their own kind of Steve Austin, but uh, you know he had those kind of piercing blue eyes too. Just uh, the goatee was on point. Uh, I'm gonna go 75, but I, I could see the argument for for a lower mark. Now we were both agree here for entrance, easy eighty for me. Uh, the the glass breaking, the, the theme music, one of the best of all time. Come to the ring with a purpose, you know, just strutting down the aisle, and the crowd going crazy. That was a huge thing, you know. Nobody got the type of responses he did, even in in an era where wrestling was at its peak. Uh, when that glass shattered, uh, the crowd went crazy. Some of the biggest pops I can remember. Uh, for my childhood, you can make a case that wrestling was at its peak because of him. Yeah, um, exactly. So you know, uh, yeah, easy eighty for me there. We're actually kind of in agreement on these next on all three of these. Yeah. Uh, you know, signature, signature move eighties. You know, I've been on record as saying the perfect plex is my favorite finisher, but uh, the Stone Cold Stunner is is right up it's there. top three. Yeah, it's right up there. Every if everybody knows a, a finishing move in wrestling, it's going to be the Stone Cold Stunner. Right. Yeah. You if you just ask someone that's never even watched wrestling mm-hmm. to name a, a wrestling finishing move, the only one that they would be able to get would be would be that one. Uh, Command a crowd. Actually, you know, the entrance and signature move easy eighties for me. Command a crowd was the easiest of all the eighties mm-hmm. because of just the. That stupid what chant. I, I, yeah, I didn't I, like that. I hated so that, but like, I mean, to get the entire arena to basically be your backup, mm-hmm. you know, lyrics to, to your <laughs> to your stupid little uh, thing you had going. I mean, that 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 works that works for for commanded crowd, and you know, the the chugging of the beers. I mean, that's that's gonna get the crowd on your side. Uh, you know, kind of a just a classic sort of anti-hero. Yes, absolutely. And I, this is, I, I'm with you. I like how you put that easiest AD of them all for Stone Cold Command of the Crowd. Uh, yeah, the what thing I didn't like, but, you know, give me a hell yeah. And the crowd saying hell yeah, I like that. Pretty pretty darn good on the mic, really. And, you know, before he came to WWE, he was with ECW for a bit short time. And some of those promos he would rip off were just amazing. And, 
yeah, the the crowd. Nobody really endeared themselves to the crowd like Stone Cold. Uh, true blue collar every man uh, <laughs> that people could get behind. So uh, give me an eighty there. Ring presence. What do you got here? Cap it off. Um, I got a seventy five. Uh, I will say that like if if I were to say like to name one wrestler who had the biggest probably section of his fan base uh, where they were legitimate criminals. I would say it was probably (laughs) stone cold. I think that he really resonated with the type of guy that's going to, you know, hit a woman or drive drunk or, you know, get into bar bar room fights. I mean, I think he really resonated with uh, the lowest kind of common 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 denominator (laughs) of our society. Um, And for that, I do not think he should be applauded, but 75 on the ring presence. I mean, uh, you know, a guy that could could handle himself. I mean, the Stone Cold Stunner kind of goes into that. I mean, there was that one. Uh, you know, there there's times when he would rip off. You know, if there was a big brawl going on in the ring, he'd rip off like five Stone Cold Stunners in like a 25 mm-hmm. second span. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I got a 70 for this grade. Now, Austin the Ring was really good in his younger days, but the knee issues kind of caught up to him and. You know, he could hold his own and have pretty good matches, but wasn't really those, you know, elite, like amazing five-star type of matches. I think his best match may have been against The Undertaker. Actually, no, against Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. But Undertaker at SummerSlam, I think 98 or something, that was a great match as well. Uh, 70 is a fair, nice grade. Definitely fair in my opinion. Uh, but there were some limitations toward the end of his career that kind of hampered this grade a bit. Uh, 70 for me. 75 overall. Are you with me here? Yeah. Overall grade? Yeah. So that puts him, uh, ties him for the top mark I have given. Not a favorite of mine, but I I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm i fine with uh, grading out a guy I don't like high if, if the grades, yeah. grades warrant it. Yeah. Uh, he matches Undertaker for the only 75 overall mark I have given out. And again, we got that request for X-Pac. We will consider that for next week. But if you have any other wrestlers you want us to grade out, please hit us up. And please rate and review the podcast if you get a chance. Thank you for joining us for the Roadwire Prospect Podcast. We'll be back with you next Thursday. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.